Candy paint with the white on top. Lambo doors with a woo up drop. All right, Matt, I'm in a generous mood today. And it shouldn't be like that because of the amount of money that I've lost over the past couple weeks. But there's a catch to it. How you doing today, Matt? How you doing? Shout out, Johnny Sens. I am ready to go. Bring in the synergy. Let's get into it. Episode 27. Peter didn't even expect me to jump right into it. I'm slamming tables and I'm getting into it because I'm ready to talk week nine at the NFL and how much money we lost this week. I am ready to talk. Wow, you really are ready to talk. That was brilliant. All right, I'm ready so- to talk NBA. <laughs> ready to talk NBA basketball. I'm ready to talk NFL recap. I'm ready to talk about everything that you have on this beautiful agenda. Thank you. I appreciate. Are that. we keeping the ball rolling after that? I like the, the pause. Yeah, like absolutely. That right, was just so suspenseful. But I, what I really wanted to get into at first is we have a little impromptu promotion for all you folks that are listening right now. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Okay. Like I said, I'm feeling very generous. I've been losing a ton of money on parlays. Not really, but still a lot more money than I'd like to lose. Been losing a ton of money. And I think whoever's listening out there could do a better job than me. So my little promotion is I'm going to put every week a $25 parlay out there. You pick my teams. It could be as many teams as you want. It could be anywhere between 3, 8, 10. It could be a three-week-long parlay. I don't even care. I'm going to throw it out there for you guys. I'm going to give you a code word right now, and when I say it later on at some point in the episode, I want you to text me, message us, message me, whatever it is, and whoever messages me first gets the $25 and gets to choose my parlay. So I hope you guys enjoy that little fun thing that we got going on, and the code word is Matthew is sexy. Not even a code word. It's literally a sentence. That sounds perfect, and I honestly wouldn't. There's no other code word that would be fitting. That's it. But, yo, so since none of you guys could cheat us out of this, send us a screenshot of the timestamp when Peter uses that code word, Matthew is sexy, throughout the episode. Send us a screenshot of when we said it. First person hit us back. We will let you pick our parlay. And what was it? You give them a percentage of the winnings. Is that true? Yeah, I'm going to give you guys half. Wow. So right there, a little incentive. So, like, uh, for instance, just before we get into it, like, Last week, I called out my buddy Chris Rubio, and he actually picked him and my buddy Ethan. They picked out a seven-team parlay for me. And me being an idiot added an eighth team, and it wound up that basically every other game except for one that they picked hit. And, of course, mine didn't. The one game that I added was Seattle and, and Buffalo, and I picked Seattle. So that didn't hit, but they did a great job. So I'm hoping that you guys could bring more energy and bring you know me a little bit more good luck because Papa's in a hole right now. Uh, you know, my children need to be fed. Uh, I'm struggling here for cash. I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, we'll no, just figure we'll have a little interactive fun here. But uh, let's just jump right into it, Matt. I am ready. Episode 27. This is crazy. We're getting up into some wild numbers here. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for you to just shut the fuck up and jump into it. You know why I said that? Because I'm feeling one of these episodes where I just come at you. Throwback Thursday. Do you remember when we did the NFL draft video? And you just told me to shut the fuck up for the whole episode. Yeah, because you came late to our studio session. Well, this time so you gonna, deserved it. All right. Well, now I'm just going to do it. So, <laughs> bitch, <laughs> start it off. Let's get right into it. I love the profanity laced start. 
We've been trying to clean it up lately, but I guess that just went right That's out. Peter's of way out. of telling me to stop cursing this early on into the episode. Let's jump right into it. Episode 27, the NBA is back. Shout out, Peter, for the amazing topic list. I am ready. I am energized. I am excited. You know what's so funny, too? I'm so energized right now, but this is literally I, I, no disrespect to the NBA, no disrespect to basketball. This is one of my like least energized topics that I talk about. Like Every time we talk about the NBA, I'm just kind of like meh about it only because the NBA, as much as I do love it, has probably been one of my least favorite sports like my entire life. And just, according to the president of the United States, it's the least ratings in, out of any sport in American sports, which is true to an extent. Yeah. So I could see why um, we wouldn't be interested in it. But speaking of the president of the United States, not political. We just wanted to mention, because this is monumental, um, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the president and vice president-elect of the United States. So shout out them. Okay. Congratulations to them. They fought the the good fight. And uh I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where the next four years yeah. takes us as a country. I just if I wanted to add, whoever you voted for, now you have to ex- accept the results just like the people who didn't vote for Trump had to accept that Trump was the president. And um we gotta come together and like actually because have to unite. Yeah. Yes, because it doesn't matter if you voted for them or not. At the end of the day, that's who we got. That is your president at the end of the day, whether you like it or not. Yeah, so we need so. to unite. What's enough of this divided shit? All right, now let's jump into the NBA. I like that. That was actually really nice. And I'm looking at an article right now from the man, the myth, the legend, the god himself, Woj. Looking at it right now. And it was posted a few days ago and whatever and saying that um, that – December 22nd is the start date of the 72 game schedule. So it's not a full 82 games, but honestly, they're only taking 10 games off. And I think that's great. I don't have an issue with it. Um, there's going to be teams that get snubbed that are going to use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know. I, I'm wondering to see if, if they end the season on time, like June ish, like normal, if they go back to the 82 well, the following season. That's that is the plan. They're only doing a shortened season because they want to get it started as quick as possible because everyone knows that the Olympics are coming up at some point. So they want to get a full season in before the Olympics, you know, because like the Olympics throws a a wrench into the works with the whole season and everything like that. So um, what I'm reading right here actually is that. um, Wow, that's crazy. I just read it again and like it allows them to hit certain quotas. Like the 72 game schedule allows each team to hit a quota of um, nationally televised games where it will genuine uh, generate enough revenue between 500 million and $1 billion in short-term and long-term revenue. So this is huge for owners, players, people who work at the concession stands. I can't speak to that. I don't know what's going on, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just huge for everyone. That money is crazy. That's going to help so many people um, get back to a little bit of normalcy. So I think that the players association and the NBA themselves, who usually there's been a rift between the players association and the NBA. Like you're always hearing like terrible, like CBA bargaining, you know what I'm saying? Agreements and stuff like that. But they really worked together and got this done. LeBron James, arguably, not even arguably, the most influential player in the NBA didn't really love the proposal, but I respect him to the point where he was like, look, I don't love it. I don't think that nobody is getting 
enough rest, all that kind of stuff. But he said, we're going to push on because we want to give the fans, we want to give the owners, we want to give everyone that needs to get paid uh, a full season. And, you know, it's funny because a little tidbit about LeBron, he actually owes the league money going into this season, believe it or not. Do you want me to explain that? Why is that? I was waiting for you to get into it. Um, So unlike most players who get a game check or get paid weekly, LeBron James basically gets paid his full salary up front at the beginning of the season. So a a lot of super, a lot of super superstars like that. That's how Dwayne Wade used to get paid. That's how Kevin Durant gets paid stuff like that. But LeBron James owes money because he got paid. I think he was due like $40 million or something like that. So he got paid his 40 million, but then they were taking money. They were taking game checks away at towards the end of the year, because, you know, they, they took away games. I think what did they take away 10 games at the end of the year. Um, something around, something yeah, around there, I, I don't, right? I, I think it is around that. I, I would say that. So let's say that's about, I don't know, three to four checks for each player, but LeBron already got his money. So really he was at a disadvantage with the a whole bargaining situation because he really didn't have a say, because if he was like, look, if you want to keep pushing this back, pushing this back, you're going to owe us more money and more money. So in reality, between like the salary reductions for this year, between him owing the NBA money, his $40 million salary is really looking like less than $10 million for this season. So I don't really think, I think that that has repercussions for LeBron this season that we're not going to see the same LeBron James that we've seen in years past, only because I don't think he'll be as motivated, especially coming off of a championship and making less than $10 million, like making less money than a man named Alan Crabb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think think it's good. No, no, no. I I agree with you. I was waiting for you to finish. I I think that's, um, I think that's a big possibility. The whole, it's all confusing. It's a big shit show. I mean, the only thing that I really take from the NBA, the NBA being back with the within the seventy-two game season is how is it going to affect salaries? Like you just said, are players going to want to play? Is the ten games really going to make a difference because of the playoffs and the teams that won't make it? And um, I'm going to look at a positive note, and and I really don't have much more to say about this. I'm glad that they're getting it back on track because then they'll do an eighty-two game season um in the, around the end of October, like normal after this year. It was it'll only take like a year which is good because it looks like we're finally going back to the way we were. And also uh, the last thing I wanted to add was I love that it's before Christmas because we get to enjoy those Christmas games at home. I think that's actually dope. That was the first thing that I thought of when I saw that. Christmas basketball definitely does hit different. I will say that for sure. Um, Another quick little thing about this whole agreement and everything like that. Um, The league and the owners, basically the teams, the league and the teams will be losing 40% 40% revenue throughout this, like projected throughout this whole season because of arenas and everything like that. And they're probably not going to be able to allow fans in to the games. So they came to the agreement that um, it's 40% basically across the board. So it's, you know, NBA and the NBA PA will be losing 40% in revenue with game with gate receipts. So that basically equates to about $1.5 billion dollars. In regards to fans, are they are they planning on having fans in some stadiums like the NFL? Uh, no, only because, well, as of right now, it's a no, only because of, uh, it's indoor. Everything is indoor. Okay. You know, there's there's no, you know how like, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago the Saints were talking about to try and get fans in. They were going to move to um LSU Stadium because it's open. They weren't allowing fans in domes unless your name is Jerry Jones. So yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I'm just glad to see some kind of normalcy. I'm assuming we're going to see kind of the same thing from the NHL. Um, yeah, because they, they kind of followed what they did last year. They're yeah, like, I was going to say they're, they're kind of like following suit. I don't know how that's working. I haven't heard anything coming out of the NHL yet, but as soon as we hear that, we will definitely get that news to you because you know that's how we roll here at TTL. But um, <laughs> uh, I I just think it's exciting. It's, it's nice to see that they're about to play like a full season, sort of, kind of. Um, I just like seeing some things getting back to normalcy, but yeah, that's um, the biggest thing that I took with this. Yeah. So basketball will be back. Not totally confirmed, but we're about 95% there. Probably just going to cross some T's and dot some I's, but, uh, I'm excited about this. I agree. It is a quick turnaround though for the players. It seems like they're barely getting any rest, but yeah. Um, I mean, again, paid a lot of money. So shout out, um, shout out democracy. <laughs> that is a that is a listen you want to talk about democracy no i'm just <laughs> no uh, but I, i'm just kidding but. i feel like we're still flat with the nba because we don't talk about it so much but honestly that like that's all i really have to say about it yeah i mean it's just news to that point like obviously if there was something more exciting and also actually the last thing i want to say about the nba is i was listening to um brian winhorst on um no you're gonna say michael k no no i'll get to that in a little while but um <laughs> I was listening to ESPN radio when Brian Windhorst came on and said, expect a ridiculous amount of player turnover in the off season. So we'll definitely have a lot to talk about if it's coming from the man, the myth, the legend, he's not the God like Woj is, but Brian Windhorst is saying that we're going to see a lot of turnover. I'm expecting a lot of turnover. So a lot of exciting things coming. We've got the draft free agency, all that kind of crazy stuff coming up. So a lot of exciting things, but I want to move on to something that's a little bit near and dear to my heart. Yeah, this holds deeply to Peter, and I'm going to let him open up with this. Um, if you've been following this podcast since the start of it, because there's two people that we hate on this podcast. Yeah, first of all, it's Bill O'Brien on this side. It was more, it wasn't more clear. Um, but Matthew was Bill O'Brien. Anymore. We already got him out. Okay, so it's kind of like yeah, we trash Bill O'Brien. We still do no have end. someone though in the league who Peter is very fond of. Duh. Okay. And he, I'll give you some hints, fans. Okay. He's incredibly handsome. He is incredibly handsome. He's a, he's from I don't know where in Italy, but I know he's from Italy. Um, he Long loves tan and handsome. He does love porn stars, and his nickname is Porn Star Jimmy. Okay, so you get all those factors in, and we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo himself. And Peter wanted to pose the question, and this is what he's been waiting for all week: Is Jimmy Garoppolo's time up in San Francisco? I'm just going to start it off with a bombshell. I think straight away that Nick Mullins, despite the Thursday night performance, is far and away a better quarterback than Jimmy G. If you guys are listening that follow us on IG, everyone knows that I put up a uh, a poll earlier in the week with um, handsome Jimmy and big dick Nick Mullins, um, who was the better quarterback. That's just, I'm going to say like 60%. That's me being salty and about 40% me genuinely asking you. I could care less about what you think because nothing will change my mind. The fact that Jimmy G is nothing more than a game manager. And it's so prevalent too. Like, look, when did they, what was the score? I don't remember off the top of my dome piece, Matt, but. Which week? Um, when they played the Pats. That was only a couple weeks ago, right? I'm going to get it for you, but keep going. So I think that it was a blowout. That's what I know. I'm thinking it was like on the lines of like 38 to like 19 or something like that. I, I could be way off. Don't quote me on that. But so I'm looking, I'm looking at the score and I'm like, oh my God, like 49ers ran away with it. Jimmy G must've had like 
a you know good game all around all that kind of stuff and then i see this man who is probably working at a freaking jiffy lube about two weeks ago jeff wilson runs for like four touchdowns and this man jimmy g has 277 passing yards no touchdowns two picks and i'm like how is this possible they beat the patriots week seven 33 to six even worse dude 33 to six i'm pretty sure can you i i'm not even looking at the stats it was 277 and two picks right for jimmy um, g? i'm pulling up the stats right now one second sorry our producers aren't getting paid enough right now but, but our producer left our show a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to be crazy, but I'm not even going to no, long story. Short, long story short, Jimmy G really sucks. Okay. I can't find the statistics on him right, right now. So just take my word for it because I, I do like stats and stat, yeah, he, that that's the Saber metrics guy on the show. We pay Peter Andrews. 277, no touchdowns, two picks. And that was the, really the glaring, like, game for me that was like jimmy g is washed in san francisco i'm not saying listen don't get me wrong do i think jimmy g is a top 15 quarterback no yeah i was gonna say what do you do i think jimmy g is a top 30 quarterback yeah (laughs) you're putting it but (laughs) no (laughs) no just hear me out no 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 Jimmy what a horrible thing to say. Yeah, I was I, ho- I was kind of hoping, bro. I was I was hoping no. But do I think he's top 30? Yes. I was kind of hoping <laughs> that that would fly under the radar just to see like if you were actually paying attention to what I was saying or not, but but honestly, dude, his stats have been nothing short of medi- I'm mediocre this year. I'm thinking he's got like 1696 passing yards seven touchdowns five picks but it looks a lot worse than that his completion percentage is 55 percent um what do you say to those people though that say he led them to a super bowl um you know what he did i'm not gonna i will not discredit him he did play well in some games but there were a lot of games where he looked ryan Tannehill-esque game manager remember how ryan Tannehill like was amazing throughout Tennessee's like surge to the playoffs. And then yeah, Derrick Henry just took over. Ryan Tannehill is in top 15, no, but, listen, but he's top 30, top 40. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but getting back to Jimmy G, I just think that his flaws were carried by the fact that San Fran arguably mm. had the most talented team last year. And this year might be kind of a wash because, like, the San Francisco 49ers are just, uh, you know, pardon my language, they're just a clusterfuck. Like, Jimmy G was basically hurt this entire year. Like, they have so many injuries, offensive, defense side of the ball. It's just been a miserable year for them. But I just think Jimmy G is not worth the $27.5 million he's being paid to smile and date porn stars. That's just my opinion. And I honestly think that 95% of the people would agree with me. And you know what? Big Dick Nick comes out and slings dick. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I would ag- I would I would co-sign the fact that Big Dick Nick is slinging the dick, but I would <laughs> But I, what I will say is Nick Mullins. Even Nick though, Mullins is a top 75 quarterback even, in the NFL, all right? Even though Nick Mullins came in garbage time, he threw like for 250 yards. My man literally threw – I mean, granted, we that is a Seattle de- defense that we saw Josh Allen throw for 400-plus Oh, yards. my God. I'll get into the Seattle defense. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, a little bit. We'll get into bit. that later. But, but, yes, Nick Mullins still put up a good performance. I agree. I think Jimmy G is, like you've said, for a year now. Since we started, this. but if you look, if you look, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. 
So really the only full year he played in the NFL, yes, was last year. But granted, they were, I mean, he had a bunch of weapons around him. Uh, you know what I mean? He could be carried by other parts of the team. You know, I, there was quite a few games last year. Where my, I remember Raheem Mostert and, you know, Tevin Coleman taking, I'm pretty sure Tevin Coleman ran for like four touchdowns against me in fantasy one week last year. Um, and so, shout out Chris Rubio. He was playing me that week. I remember that actually vividly. And he had Tevin Coleman starting. So screw you, Chris. Um, but I'm looking at the stats. All right, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks last year. Not bad. Didn't even crack 4,000 yards. If you're looking at, at all of his other numbers, you're looking at when he first got traded to San Fran, 1,500 yards, seven touchdowns, five picks. Uh, the year he got injured in the three games before, 718 yards, five touchdowns, three picks. This year, seven touchdowns, really five picks. He, that's another thing, too. You're investing so much cash in a guy that just barely plays. You know what's funny, though? The guy, I'll give him this, though. I agree with everything you're saying. And he's going to be 30, by the way. He does win, though. Like, I remember when he was – that is – like, his record starting is absolutely ridiculous. If you Mm – if I'm going to find – I'm actually – I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm looking right at it. So, he is – Bro, he's got to have an insanely good record as a starting quarterback because there was a season when they went fourteen and two, and then there was a season when he went seven and zero. He's twenty four and eight as a starting quarterback. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. He's pretty like his his winning numbers are pretty good. I think if you want to to counter that, I would just say that it's Kyle Shanahan. I, I agree. I think he's just. I just think like Pete, you've said forever, he's a game manager. I don't think he's, he's horrible because sometimes he's a, he throws, I don't think he's horrible. Sometimes he throws the ball and he looks manager. pretty good. I just think if like, that's a good point about Seattle's defense, you know how bad they are this year. And then that happened to him. I, I, I to be fair to him though, I do think um, injuries have plagued him a little bit this year, but um, I injuries I, have plagued him his entire career. And that's why I, I think as well, his time should be up here. Listen, he the only reason this is a conversation is because like it was Belichick's boy for so long. I think that's but really he won, won you those games when he first came in. He started off his career in San Fran, seven and zero. You know he played pretty okay. He had eleven touchdowns and five picks in those seven games. That's not great. That's game manager numbers. You're averaging less than two touchdowns a game. And that team wasn't as good as the Super Bowl team, though. That no, it wasn't. But but that's also not all him because if you look at those numbers, that's what I'm saying. Look, dude, look. That's not, he didn't even throw for 2,000 yards in those 11 games. So, what does that equate to? That's less than 200 passing yards a game. That's less than two touchdowns a game and a little less than a half an interception per game. No, I hear you. I agree. Those are game manager numbers. That's literally Teddy Two Gloves numbers. And honestly, if we're talking about game managers, Teddy Two Gloves is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I would, I would say the same thing. So what really the only thing I want to say is I think that his time should be up only because they're getting to a point where it looks like they're coming to a rebuild again, only because, you know, Richard Sherman has been toasted like, like nothing before this year. I feel like Richard Sherman though, that always happens to him. He is so good for like three years and then yeah, he but age, is, age is catching up to him yes. hard. Yeah, he's on the wrong side of 30. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is going to be 30 coming into a fully healthy season next year with, I'm pretty sure about three more years left of that lucrative contract. So, you know, and he's going to keep getting paid more and more as the years go along. So um, I just think that financially it makes more sense. Do I think that they're going to be in a position where they can draft a high quarterback? Probably not. Are they going to invest in Nick Mullins? Probably not. I think they're going to just have to ride out this contract with Jimmy G, unfortunately, but 
if it was up to me, his time would be, his time would have been up before it even started, honestly, if we're getting into it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that. I would never give him that kind of contract, but um, they might just have to ride out this awful contract. And it's going to be a couple of lean years for, for San Fran coming up. I agree. I, I don't really have much, but um, they need to figure something out quick because that's sometimes the downfall with teams that make it to the Super Bowl like that and they don't win. Like they either get right back to the top or they're either stuck at the bottom for a really long time. So San Fran doesn't want to be where they were when they won three games. So uh, I hope they figure that out. But we are are going to break down teams that have won three games this year in our new NFL recap. And we are going to do our 3-2-1 again. It is our favorite time of the week. This is literally my favorite thing to do in a week. I swear to God, I look, I look forward water to it. And I like shook my face. Yeah, that was really crazy. That pumped. was literally crazy. Um, so if you guys remember last week, if you were listening, Matthew was just slapping everything over there. If you heard that, um, we introduced a new segment uh, into our NFL recap. Not really into the NFL recap, but just into the show. I'm burping over here. Just into the show in general. Um, it was called uh, TTL Sports Three Two One Point Plays. So we take three games. Um, our Three-point play is usually like the biggest underdog that we take of the week. Our two-point play is any game that we want, and our one-point play is a lock. So uh, as of right now, just you know, just to go into the stats and everything like that. It is better than me. Let's just cut to the chase. I'm, I'm not trying to say that at all. Why are you making me look like such a bad guy? I would never say that to you, even though I know that that's probably a fact. But I would never <laughs> say that to you. <laughs> but um, uh, Matthew Matthew's over two so far. He He's going to have a point. Because he has the Patriots minus seven um, over the Jets tomorrow night, so he'll probably get a point there. Um, but he that was lost. the that was the spread just for people listening that it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. That was a spread before they found out Sam Darnold yeah. was injured. So yeah, now so it's at we, minus ten. He lost the two point play with the Seahawks minus three, and then he lost his three point play with the Chargers even with the Raiders. Um, I am I, I went two and one this week. My um, one point the play. Chargers should have won that game, bro. They should have. You're right. And they should win every game pretty much so far this year. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Yes, but um, the I, I won my one-point play, which was the Packers minus six and a half over the 49ers. I won my two-point play, which was the Saints plus four and a half over the Bucks, which I did not expect that score line at all. Um, and then my three-point play I lost, which was the Indianapolis Colts plus one and a half over the Baltimore Ravens. So I think that was a pretty solid week. I got three points so far. Matthew has zero, but he's got a chance to get one. Um, make it interesting, make it get one point this week. We are going to do our predictions after our break, um, after for our day. NFL recap yes. for, for week 10 coming up. But let's just dive right into my favorite thing to do throughout the course of the week. NFL, it, recap, NFL baby. recap, baby. Let's get right into it. I'm slapping my face all around here. I'm ready to dive into each and every single game of week nine, starting from Thursday night. Let's get it right now. Packers 49ers. Let's start off. Peters, um, what point play? Two point play, I think. It was the one point play. One point play, excuse me. Well, it was one point all right. I'll say that Green Bay is 12 and 3 versus San Francisco in the regular season since 1996. And Aaron Rodgers was out there just slinging dick on the football field. I swear to you, this game wasn't even close. Uh, we were supposed to do a, a brilliant honest highlights of this video, but I was absolutely intoxicated at a bar watching this game. Yes, I just exposed myself. But what I will say is. What a dick. Um, <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers is so Listen, good. Aaron, 
at, oh god you just nailed it like literally that was the simplest statement but you just nailed it right on the head dude. oh he like, that's all oh the, dude, the score doesn't reflect it by the way i'm pretty sure oh i think it was he's worse so than, cocky bro oh i love it and you know that he came into this game with a chip on his shoulders because they got hammered the last two games that they played against the 49 at home against their division and, rival Oh, you're talking about you're talking about so you, yeah, no, you're talking I'm talking about the, about the last time. No, I'm talking about the last time they played, like oh, the 49ers well, and the and Well, the regardless, they got fucked up the week before against their division rival at home. So Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. was pissed off. You know what I'm saying? He was ready to But mm. yeah, not only that, and also last year's two debacles when they played both times and they got hammered. Like I think the, they got I think the combined scores was like 70 to like 13 or something like that like they just got absolutely hammered over over the last couple times they played so you know he was going to come out and he was going to sling it he threw for four touchdowns he threw for over 300 yards nick mullins did all he could but he had literally no one brendan Ayuk was hurt debo samuel didn't play he had richie J- richie rick james bitch as his number one wide receiver um i don't know he had I don't even know what that guy's name is. He was like Jamichael Hasty or something, dude. I don't even know where they're coming up with these with these players, but there was really nothing. Uh, BD, what well, I don't even know how to say Big Dick Nick in in a in a uh, acronym, but Big Dick Nick couldn't really do much against the powerhouse um, Packers. So let's just move straight on to another game. Yeah. All I wanted to say is the Niners should just tank at this point because they've been plagued with injuries the entire season and it's just not working out for them this year. They can't seem to put it together. And as for Green Bay, they have completely surprised me and they are a clear, I would say, one of the Super Bowl favorites for this season. So let's move on to the next one. I don't have as much to say about the last game as I do this one, but this starts off our Sunday 1 o'clock games. It was Denver and Atlanta. I think you picked Denver, which I actually um, don't think was a bad pick going into this because Falcons are actually playing like the Falcons should be playing. Yeah. But, well, one parlay I had Denver, one I had Atlanta. So so you were kind of indifferent about it. But Matt Ryan is 10-3 and three against people in the AFC West, if that means anything. And they move on to 3-6. and six. The Broncos move on to 3-5. and five. They won 34-27. I don't really have much to say about All it. All I want to say is don't forget that this game at one point was 27-3 to three, Atlanta. So they almost pulled – in Atlanta and lost this game. What was the final score? 34-27. Yeah, that's actually crazy that it was one point off. If it was 28-3, then maybe they would have blew the lead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but um, you know, Matt Ryan doing Matt Ryan things. Julio looks good. Um on Denver side, at least if you want to take a positive away from it, uh Jerry Judy probably had arguably his best game as a pro. He had seven catches, yeah, 125 yards and a touchdown. That's Drew nice Locke still looks good. I think Drew Locke is their future quarterback. That's just my opinion. I think mm-hmm. I think he's got the swagger. I think he's got the arm. He's got the talent. But um, you know, it's just a lost season for both teams. So honestly, you know, you're just looking at every game. You're just looking at positives to take away. So, you know, Matty Ice still looks like Matty Ice. Julio is Julio. Drew Locke looks like he's the real deal, and and Jerry Judy had a great game. So that's really all I take away from it. You summed it up perfectly. Before I I was not going to say anything until you mentioned that Jerry Judy thing. I'm really happy you said that because this year we were kind of like, oh, I was I don't want to put you into this, but I was a little low on him because he was kind of disappointing me. And then um, I saw some of the routes that he ran today. I think I liked this on Twitter. He looked really good, like his footwork, and and that's why I think he's, I think he's starting to get it. That's why people wanted him. Do you remember like how clean his feet? Mm-hmm. Like I know that sounds so weird, but like his footwork and his ability impeccable. to move, yeah. impeccable as John Gruden would say. <laughs> so let's move on to. Um, oh, well, this was I don't know if it was my two. I think it was my one point. No, 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 my one point plays tomorrow. This is my two point play. Uh, Seattle and Buffalo. Um, all right, 
Josh Allen played a phenomenal game. The score was 44-34 Buffalo. They start 7-2 for the first time since 1993. If I'm not mistaken, that's when Jim Kelly choked one of those four years. Absolutely. Um, Seattle's 6-2. and two. I have a little bit to say about this game. First of all, shout out Josh Allen because his uh, grandmother passed away. We just yes. found out, and he put up an absolutely insane performance. He played – go on. And if we knew that, we wouldn't have bet against him. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. But if I knew that – that's literally my – our thought process because we said the exact same thing that if it was Josh Allen if we knew this going in we would have threw the I would threw Thor's hammer on this game okay I think but shout out him though he played a great game um Stefan Diggs has been a beast all year people are not talking about him um and then in regards to Buffalo the defense looked actually a little weak but I won't say that just because whenever Russell Wilson plays he figures out how to score points I want to mention two things about Seattle Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in football right now despite Mahomes only throwing one pick and I think 25 TDs. I don't know if I'm right on that. Right. I think so. He also leads the league and you could look this up. This is a fact it's between him and Sam Darnold. They both have the most drop like potential dropped interceptions in national football league. I'm not Russ. So, no, I'm talking about Mahomes. Oh, and okay. Okay. Sam Darnold. But um, I mean, Sam I was Darnold just saying comparing level, the but... best, I don't want to discredit Mahomes because he's had a great year, but I think oh, Russell he's Wilson is the clear cut MVP. I think we predicted that on the show too. We'll pull that up, but Shout out Russell Wilson. Uh, DK Metcalf is the best wide receiver in football right now. You're going to say I'm crazy for that. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to agree with that wholeheartedly. The one thing that I've been dying to talk about this entire podcast. I I know it's coming. You didn't even say this to me, and I already know it's coming. So we haven't let you go for it. I'm I'm so hyped because we didn't talk about it. Every time we don't talk about it, we hear for the first time on the podcast. But shout out Joe Douglas for making the best deal in NFL history. (laughs) <laughs> because Jamal Adams, I honestly love would love to interview players in football. I would be glad not interviewing Jamal Adams just on the pure principle that there's too much shit that I've talked about him on this podcast, and I'm scared that he'll hear what we have to say. But I have no issue calling him a buffoon because this dude actually proved to the Jets organization why dealing him was great. Okay, he was an entire diva, and first of all, he's played three games all season. This is his third game back, uh, his first game back from injury. And he's already complaining on the sidelines. The defense looked absolutely abysmal. Like, I have actually – I'm a Jet fan, and I'm saying that. The Seattle Seahawks defense is absolutely abysmal. It was hard to watch. Granted, Jamal Adams made up for it. He had a sack later in the game. He looked a little bit That better. doesn't make up for shit. But, yo, he got beat a couple of times. You've said this for a while, which I'm going to let you get into it, that he's not good in coverage. That was his one biggest weakness, and it got exposed flat out today. I couldn't have been happier to see him arguing with Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll just gave up a first-round pick for that buffoon. I am done. Get him two. No, no, no. He gave up one first-round pick. Two picks for him, though. Two first-round. Oh, yeah, future first-round pick. Even better. And a third. And a third. So, and we don't have to deal with any of these Twitter antics. Go back to cutting strawberries, buddy. I'm over you. For those who don't know, he cut his finger cutting strawberries. All right? I'm over him. I hate him. We have some beef. But you just got exposed. Imagine that, yo. Leaving leaving a team that absolutely sucks, right? Just to go on another unit that absolutely sucks. Yeah, they're winning games, but their defense sucks. Like, they are yeah. actually horrible. You know, I'm kind of sad that I had to follow that up because the strawberries remark was just tops. Like, you're <laughs> at absolute class. But <laughs> um, I'm going to throw a couple things at you that really the only talking points I want to take from the Seattle point of view is – they're actually both about Jamal Adams, which is, I mean, actually, I make I want to make one about Russell Wilson too, but 
Uh, Jamal Adams, as you know, I don't value PFF. I think they are hacks. I think that they are horrible, and I think it's a terrible stat to go by. Go at them, King. Um, that's literally just me talking from sort of experience. If you know, you know. Um, but Jamal Adams is the 49th ranked safety in coverage in the NFL this year. 49. I know that he hasn't played many games this year. 49. Out of thirty, well, how many teams are there in the NFL? Thirty-two. Yes. Out of out of thirty-two, wow, I had a really bad moment right there. Out of thirty-two teams, you're 49th. No. There are backups that are better than you. Keep talking your shit, Jamal. Keep talking your shit because you're not backing it up. He hasn't won one game for Seattle this year. Actually, no, no. he had that one game. He had that one. But game. what? Awesome. Another thing I want to say, you were going after the dojo master on the sideline, who just got yeah. an extension. Yeah, that literally just extended Pete Carroll. So you really think your smartest play is to go after someone that they trust full wholeheartedly with their organization? You're you right. will be gone faster than Pete Carroll could spin kick the head off your shoulders. Like that is the wrong man. There's two people in that organization that you cannot go after, and that is Russell Wilson and that is Pete Carroll. And you already pissed one off. Because you can see Pete Carroll was noticeably pissed off because Pete Carroll is the type of coach that it's his way or the highway and the players respect him because you know what they win yeah they win and see like that that all right i'll talk about the jets real quick but it's 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 not even like supposed to be funny you know how like adam Gase, it's his way or the highway and he sucks balls as a quarterback as a quarterback as a coach i'm sorry um you know what i'm saying and players don't want to play for him players will be willing to take that type of mentality if you could take them to the promised land. That's what Pete Carroll can do. But Jamal Adams just wants to play his game. He wants to talk his shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that it's just not a good fit. They're not an organization like that. They're very, they're a respectable organization that make good moves that have good people, good heads on their shoulder in front office positions. It's not a good fit. But another thing I want to say is Russell Wilson, you nailed it on hood for best quarterback in the NFL the last couple of weeks, though, he has looked a little shaky. He's thrown a few picks, but that's honestly because I think that his defense has put him in a position where he has to win the game by himself. I think he's done that his entire career. But it's more prevalent now than ever because this defense, I think this unit literally ranks like 30th or 31st or 32nd in the NFL. Yeah. They're just all around terrible. Um, if they want to have any chance at a Super Bowl, this year, Russell Wilson's going to have to suit up and play cornerback or something on defense because apparently he's the only person that could do something. But um, last time he had the Bills was, was the Legion of Boom, bro. It's been a yeah. while. Shout out the Bills. Honestly, that's a um, for the uh, oh yeah, that's the most inconsistent wow. seven and two team that I've seen in like NFL history. Um, that was a really big win. That is a Super Bowl contending team that they just basically thoroughly dominated. I don't even want to say score. That yeah, I don't even was, want to say that game was close. 44 to 34. That was the final score, right? Yes. I don't it, really think it was ever close. It, no, I watched the whole game. It didn't seem that close at all. Yeah. So, you know, they did a good job. Sean McDermott's a great coach. He's a great leader. This was a um, great win for them. I agree. Yeah, this was a great win. Definitely. Next game. Um, which I Peter predicted wrong. I just have to mention because that was the only play he predicted wrong. And it was a good play, too. So I don't even want you to lead with that. No, I, I picked on my parlay. I had Baltimore winning. This is Baltimore and Indianapolis. I had Baltimore in my parlay, too. Yes. Peter. Which made some, no sense because I picked them as my no, 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 but play. I'm just going to say, to be fair, the 
I feel you. I'll get into why later. Um, they had twenty points in thirty-one, twenty-plus points in thirty-one straight games. That's an NFL record. They move. What is, what is the game, Matt? You never said it. What is the what? What game is it? You never said what game you're talking about. Oh, the, the Ravens. Listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the Ravens Colts. Ravens won twenty-four ten. Baltimore has scored twenty-plus points in thirty-one straight games. That's an NFL record. That's crazy. The only thing I wanted to say was, um, in in regards to what we were just talking about. The only reason I picked Baltimore to win this is because they couldn't afford to lose to another good team. Mm-hmm. And I like Baltimore as an underdog in any situation. Um, I, we took the Steelers. Both of us took the Steelers last week. But I just didn't th- like the Colts are like the Bears. And we've said this multiple times. They're good, but they're not good. They are yeah. backed by insanely good defenses. So yeah. I'm not surprised Baltimore won this game. The only thing I want to say is, like, I don't think they're a legit playoff team. They'll get exposed early in the in the early rounds. And as for this, I would say I predicted it right, but I don't think Baltimore is good. I was, I was not happy to take them because I don't like them. I think that there's growing concerns for Lamar Jackson's ability to throw the football. I think it, it's getting bigger and bigger every week because, yeah, like he, you know, they won. He was very serviceable. He wasn't great and he wasn't bad. He was good today, but he wasn't really that great throwing the football. And they really catered. I feel like he's regressed. Remember how, like, how in his first year, I think it was the playoff game or whatever, he only threw the ball like seven or eight times. Yeah. And he, they ran the ball like 50 times. Mm-hmm. That's what it's feeling like I'm watching when I watch the Ravens now. They are going to run the ball down your throat and they're going to run for 250 plus yards. And you know what? If that's how they get the win at the end of the day, that's how they get that. the win. But you know, you're a quarterback first, you know, you're not a running back. You have to learn how to throw the ball. And last year, I think a lot of his flaws were covered up by just John Harbaugh being a great game planner. And this year, I feel like the league has figured out Lamar Jackson more than ever. And I feel like he's not reading through his progressions as well as he should be in what is this his third year now? He should be getting better and better as the years go on with his progressions and it seems like he's getting worse. But like I said, at the end of the day, a win is a win. They beat a good team. And like you said, they could not afford to lose to another good team. The Colts just continue to confuse the hell out of all the betters in the United States. Mm. Um, you know, one week, you know, you can't bet against them one week. You could always bet against them. They I, I don't know what's going on, but not even from a betting standpoint. Um, I think this should be Philip Rivers' last year because he's been way too inconsistent. And I don't think that the way that the league is going, he's too immobile to play in the NFL anymore. Yeah, and he's not playing like Roethlisberger is. Like, you could be that like that if you're playing at a high level. He's not playing yeah. at a high level like he once was. So Exactly. I agree. I'll move on to the next one. Texans, Jaguars. This was a shitty-ass game, 27-25. No, it, it was actually was a shitty-ass game that was actually pretty good. That's <laughs> what I meant, yeah, because – I actually tweeted about it. Uh, Twenty started 25. off like gangbusters. Yeah, that's why I was like, "What?" I had Scott Hansen on, and he was on this, the two craziest plays to start off the game. But um, Houston's won six straight games versus Jacksonville. The Jaguars are the second worst team in football. Um, they're the only team Who's I think the first. The Jets. <laughs> uh, the, they're the only team besides the Jets to have like they have the lowest number of wins besides the Jets. Is what I'm saying. No one else besides. Everyone has two, three, four, and zero. They have one. So Jacksonville <laughs> two, three, four, and zero. The Jets really suck. The Jaguars really suck. Um, I kind of feel bad for the Texans because they had a lot of talent and they just let Bill O'Brien, Chip Kelly it up over there. But at the same time, I don't really care. 
I don't have much okay. to say about this game other than fuck yeah. Bill O'Brien. Um, so as we saw for for now, potentially this was the end of the uh, mustache era. In oh, and that dude looked good too. Uh, Jake Luton looked really good. Um, I don't even know where he came from. Like I heard his name before when I was watching college football. I can't remember what college he went to, but he looked pretty good. I mean, hey, like his first pass went for a seventy-three yard touchdown. So. Yo, Peter, I feel like that team would be really good if they had like. That's similar to Jimmy Garoppolo and San Fran. The Jaguars actually have a pretty sick receiving core. So is it that that kid is really good or is it that if there's any quarterback with somewhat of – that's why Garner looked good in the beginning too. You know what I'm saying? I feel oh, like – I just, mean, they didn't have as good when Garner first started because there's a couple guys that they drafted that they have now that they didn't have before. Like they didn't have LaVisca Chenault before. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have um, – oh God, I can't remember I think. Is it Colin Johnson? I don't even remember. I think it's Colin Johnson from Texas. It's like 6'5", 240 pounds. Like, good luck guarding that. But, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson looked good. Jake Luton looked good. I mean, what can we really say from this? This is the same thing as the Denver and, and Atlanta game where it's like you just take positives because both teams aren't going anywhere. Um, Where do you go? If you're Houston, where do you go from here? Because you got so much money tied up in like a very random amount of like players mm-hmm. and you have no draft capital whatsoever. You're stuck with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> what now. do you, what do you do? Like, no, being stuck with Deshaun Watson is not a problem. Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I agree, but there's, ver- there's, I'm saying you got that contract. What are you doing now? Yeah. What, I think ugh, it's such a tough situation for him. Cause they're still going to win some games too. So, Bill O'Brien really shitted it up for them. I know. I mean, that's their own organization's fault, though, for letting him be acting GM and and and. Oh, <laughs> I can't even get the words out, bro. Oh uh, yeah, that's not much to say from this game, but just take some positives, you know. Yeah, um, Kansas City, Carolina was next. Um, it was oh, actually a lot man. closer than I thought it would be. It was thirty-three, thirty-one. You realize every week all we do is praise Matt Rule because, my God, Carolina must be like the best bad Worst team. team yeah. And in the NFL, they're in every single game. And they're, they're not in games they that they be. have no business to be you know, in. It's there funny. Was... This was supposed to be like a rebuilding. Not even. This yeah. was supposed to be like a starting year for him, yeah. for uh, Matt Rule and them. They literally had no business being anywhere near this game. Like, if you look, they literally have on paper like the a bottom five defense, especially running the ball. Like, the rushing defense, bottom five in the NFL. And yeah. they really stuck it to Patrick Mahomes and and um, Kansas City. Yeah, You know what? That kind of – like a game like that kind of scares me for Kansas City because I it disagree. just – Like a game winning – but what did they win by two points? Yeah. That doesn't scare you that, that, that they didn't clobber a team that should have no business being on the same field with them? All right, let me react to that great – point and this is actually what i was going to talk about when i was going to talk about kansas city them winning first of all they're 17 and one in the last 18 games including the playoffs but them winning like i it's like when brady was with the pats i have so much confidence in that team i don't see them like maybe losing a couple more I, like i think they're winning the super bowl bro for the next me, couple let years me ask, let me ask you a question though you just said with, with brady and the pats did you did you see Tom Brady and the Patriots playing as poorly as they did against Tennessee in the playoffs last year. That would no, right any given Sunday, Matt. Any given Sunday, and it's a t- and it's a game like today. So I mean, you- with Kansas City, where it's like holy shit, 
they are they they are not invincible. They can crack and they and they could lose. You know what I'm saying? Because we look at dude, we look at Kansas City like we just said before, bro. If you're betting, our I always bet the Chiefs because I know it's a lock for them to yeah. win. But you know, like today, I was legitimately like frightened that they were not going to win. Like I kept my eye on that game. Usually, it's the Chiefs. I look first quarter, twenty-one nothing, they're up. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I literally had to watch until the like the last play of that game to make sure that they won. It's just a little bit scary that they have a lot more cracks than people really think. Patrick Mahomes just Patrick Mahomes is is the spackle for for the Kansas City Chiefs. All the cracks and holes in the walls that they have, he just smooths everything over with his ketchup loving palm tree hair. You know, like I love Patrick Mahomes. But. No, I agree with you. I'm agree. I just think. It, even that two point winning by two points doesn't scare me. I would still bet them. I would still, if I like, I still think they are the clear favorite. I still think that they can't be being. He's been in some close games. Think about it. The Chargers game this year was close. I'm not saying it's about him though. Just because you're comp- you're saying because Carolina is Carolina and that they almost got beat by Carolina in, at home. That's what I'm saying, bro. Any given I, I just think they had. Happen. I just think that was them, though. I think their biggest weakness is themselves. I think the Chiefs are the best team in football, without a doubt. And I, can't I think see you just losing. proved my point, though. What I'm saying is, any given Sunday, I just don't think they'll lose, though. I I don't I don't think it matters how close the game was. I, I think they lose through maybe no more than three, no more than two games, this in, and they win the Super Bowl. I don't. I think they finish the season thirteen and three or fourteen right. and two. Okay. Like the, you know, I, I those close games don't matter to me. I just think it's for us to see how good Patrick Mahomes is. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I but Patrick, Mo- there, yeah, but Patrick Mahomes isn't the whole entire team. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like Patrick Mahomes could throw, dude. Patrick Mahomes threw for 346 yards and four touchdowns today, and they almost lost. You know what I mean? Patrick Mahomes will never be the problem in Kansas City. Yeah, it's 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 the defense, really, if you think about it, because their defense. You never know what you're going to get from that defense. They could be shut down one week, and they can be as leaky as a faucet like they were today. Yeah. So that's what that's all I'm trying to say is like you. you know there there could be a game where Patrick Mahomes puts up 39 points, throws for 500 yards with five touchdowns, and the defense gives up 40, and it could be in the playoffs. You know, like there's a lot of no, loose ends to that Kansas anyway, City team with, with any given Sunday. I just think. There's no shot that they lose, even if they. Yeah, but Matt, that's not like that's not a like. uh, All right, whatever. I'll just we'll agree to disagree because that's not really what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think that they're gonna lose. I'm saying it's cause for concern. My point is, I don't even think there's a cause for concern with them. Like that shit does not bother me. Okay. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we could clip this. Well, Well, all right, but literally people will agree with what I'm saying because. At the overview, yeah, you just said that they'll win the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is that there's cause for concern because their defense is leaky. I'm not never saying that Patrick Mahomes is the problem, never saying that I have a doubt that they'll win the game. I'm saying that they are not invincible, and they could get beat by a good team. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, uh, the next one, I don't think there'll be that that many, many diff, uh, disagreements. It's Minnesota and Detroit, 34-20. Minnesota wins. They move on to 3-5. and five. Dalvin Cook is insane. 200-plus scrimmage yards, two-plus touchdowns in two straight games. That's running back in football right now, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I, I, Can't I, touch him. I Can't agree. touch him right now. And the Vikings have won, I think, the last two, so good for them. And 
both teams will go on to three and five. That's I know Christian Vitali is, is punching air right now. Yeah, all you Viking fans are sick because everyone was tank for Trevor, tank for Trevor. Now it looks like they won. If they keep winning, they're not getting a top five pick. So looks like you guys are looking at Zach Wilson now from BYU. So good uh, luck yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. But um, damn, it's that bad that I'm boasting about that we're going to win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. That that's what I, that's what we have to look forward to over here, Matt. <laughs> but um, seems like everyone's winning but us. Yeah, pretty much. But um. Like I said, dude, there was a lot of games this week where it was like, dude, a lot of them were good games, but had no playoff inf- implications whatsoever. That that was one of the games today. Like, yeah, the Vikings look good. Like, Kirk Cousins actually looked very serviceable. Mm-hmm. And um, shout out the Minnesota defense for having their fourth and fifth string cornerbacks out there and only giving up 20 points against probably a top 15 quarterback in the NFL and Matt Stafford. I mean, granted he was coming in kind of sick and like, he wasn't like full strength, but like he also didn't have Kenny Galladay, but you know, Matt Stafford has done a lot more with a lot less. So, you know, shout out them. They, they held up very nicely. Um, Justin Jefferson continues to impress Adam Thielen continues to disappoint me the last few weeks. Um, You know, they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of guys that like they drafted that you can finally start to see like some dividends like Herb Smith caught two touchdowns today. He was there. I don't know if he was their second or third round pick out of Alabama last year at tight end. Like they're seeing a lot of good production from a lot of good players. And I think once the problem in Minnesota is Kirk cousins, I think in my opinion and their offensive line, but once Kirk cousins gets out of the way and they get someone in there, that's consistent and can actually step up under the lights. Like, I think good. Minnesota will be right back there where they, where they were before Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, I agree. I literally have nothing off that that I agree with you. They're, they're, they they had a think about it. They we were in the NFC Championship game last year, and they and because of the salary cap issues that and I mean they haven't really lost. They pretty much have a similar team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, get Kirk out of there, and I agree. I think they, they're pretty close to also thank you for Minnesota for outbidding the New York Jets um for Kirk Cousins. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and Anthony Barr. <laughs> <laughs> um Bears, Titans, Titans win 24-17. I uh, AJ Brown one receiving touchdown in five straight games. He's a beast too. He's looked good. This was a disgusting game. Yeah. I, like it's awful. I, I thought you. the Titans would win though. They're a little bit better in my opinion. They did win. No, no, I'm oh, sorry. I thought you meant. I thought you meant. I thought you meant like. Oh, I thought they would win. No, no, I mean like. But, um, I, 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 I'm not surprised. I don't really the like game, Bears. Yeah, I don't know. This game. Oh, was like... and um, I think Nagy's. They haven't won a game since they started full. Or no, he's got like. There's some weird stat on that that they they were undefeated. They were playing really well when Mitch was starting, actually, which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's funny because they they were winning with Mitch, putting up terrible stat lines, and then there you got. Nick Foles, who's actually putting up very good stat lines, and they're just sh- they're not winning, which is surprising. But I don't know. The Bears continue to just slide down that pole where we thought they were legit for like a hot second, and now it's just like, all right, they're the Bears from last year, so we don't have to worry about them. Um, Tennessee continues to be very topsy turvy, where it's like one week they'll score fifty points on you, and then one week Ryan Tannehill goes in three quarters, goes five for fifteen for like ninety yards. So like. You don't know what you're going to get. And Derek, uh, Derek Henry, to me, I'm just going to say it right now, besides for that 200-yard outburst that he had a couple weeks ago, it's been a massive disappointment this season. That is true. Massive disappointment. He, uh, 
I feel like he just can't like get something going because this is just coming from a guy that has him on his fantasy team where I'll look at his stat line and he'll have 11 rushes for 15 yards and then he'll have 12 rushes for 78 yards. You know what I mean? Like it's just one breakaway a game. That's it. That's literally all he offers. He offers nothing in the past game, which makes no sense because he's always looked good in the past game. It's just the way that Arthur Smith's offense is that he just like big body three down backs don't get the ball. You know what I'm saying? In 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 the passing game. Yeah, I understand. Them. And I never understood that because you get that guy in open field who the hell is going to tackle him. You know what I mean? Like they just can't, I think that they continue to misuse him. That's just me because like, you know, I know he's a ground and pound, like right up the middle type of runner, but he could bounce it to the outside. He's got speed. Like he's just been a massive disappointment this year. Uh, and I know that he'll probably still wind up with like 1400 yards and, you know, like 12 touchdowns. And you'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? But if you really look at the stats game per game, besides for that 200 yard game that he had, he really hasn't done that much. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that was Derrick Henry usually picks it up though. I feel like towards the end of every season, like yeah, that, like the last six games, last year, for like that, a thousand yards, and then the couple years before they did the same thing. So, but I agree, he hasn't really produced to like what he was doing. But I, I'm not. I also don't, you you made a point about the um the play calling that doesn't really fit. Um, like that's just not how they do it. But I I don't really get mad at Tennessee for that because no, I don't either because they keep winning. Yeah, that's why. But in terms of Derrick Henry, you're right. He has been a massive disappointment. Yeah. Giants, Washington football team, 23-20 Giants. Um, the Giants are 4-0 against Washington. What does that say? In the last Four- two years. Yeah. And then 1-16 um, versus everyone else. First That's actually just Kyle uh, Allen. That's the first thing I want to say. Oh, yeah. That leg injury was hard. Horrible. It's actually – that was probably – like the football gods do some crazy things, but that was pretty crazy because – how ironic is it that that gruesome injury happens and then the dude who was, was out for so long, Alex Smith, has to come in right after? Like, oh You want to hear God. something even crazier? How crazy is it that um, that gruesome leg injury took place on the same field, the same injury pretty much as Alex Smith, who came in and replaced Kyle Allen, and on the same field that it happened to Joe Theismann about 30 30- plus years ago it's just like a weird eerie thing i mean obviously it's a massive coincidence shout but, out manny chakuba yeah <laughs> I, I feel so bad for you but shout out manny because of the antonio gibson and terry mclaurin um points that he was making terry mclaurin has been a beast for me this oh, year oh he's been a monster and but, i was talking uh, about daniel jones who's four no versus washington one and 16 versus all others that's a big yikes i think i think daniel jones played really well today and there was one play in particular that save the game for the Giants. And I'll tell you what, it literally will ne- never show up. You Only if you watch the game, you'd realize it. And even the announcer said it. Um, when Jabril Peppers picked the ball off and the Giants got the ball back with a little, I think it was a little bit over two minutes left in the game. It was third down and they blitzed him. And he got the shit kicked out of him from behind him. Like he got blasted, but he did not fumble. And that is a play in Daniel Jones's career where 10 times out of 10, he will fumble. So that himself not fumbling after getting blindside sacked saved them the game. So you could pull it up. I mean, he had a good game. Like, I don't think he turned the ball over once, um, which I think that might be in the first time in his career. You could look that up too. I think that might be the first time in his career that he did not turn the ball over once. Um, but 
you know, that literally saved them the game. And I know that like the Giants aren't, aren't in a position where they're looking to win games, but like, I think Joe Judge is a great coach. I think Joe Judge has the players playing for him. And I think that there's a lot of good things to look forward to for the Giants for the next few years to come. Like they are definitely, like you look at both New York teams and how, what the Giants are, what, two and seven? Yeah. The Jets are 0 and eight. So like you look at it, it's combined two and 15, but like you could just tell leaps and bounds that the Giants are way, like if if the Giants and the Jets played right now, the the Giants would beat them 40 to nothing. Yeah, I agree. And I think Daniel Jones played well today. He showed a lot of promise. I mean, and I hate when people say, oh, what was the Washington football team? They have a top 10 defense, Washington football team. So I don't want to hear that malarkey about that because you just look at the record and you look at the stats that they do have a very good defense and a really good front seven. So he played very well. I think he threw for about 240 yards. He had a touchdown. Like he protected the ball today. He looked good. And it was a very promising performance from someone that you from expect to be Dana a franchise Giants. quarterback. Yeah. And also shout out Alex Smith for coming in and throwing his first touchdown pass. I think it was like 756 days. And, you know, coming back from that ridiculous leg injury, having all those surgeries. That'd be emotional. I know he threw over 300 yards and, you know, he threw three picks, but what do you expect the guy to do? He's got nothing left to prove at this point. Honestly, if he hung it up today after that performance, I would give him nothing but praise because that takes a lot. I agree with you. Raiders, Chargers. uh, This is one play that I ended up losing. Uh, This is my three-point play, right? And the Raiders won two-point play. The Raiders won 31 26 they've lost nine straight against afc west opponents um the only thing i want to say about the chargers is that like they've just been absolutely fucked this year with like games that they could have won but they didn't justin herbert has thrown over like 300 yards and i think all of the games that he started which is insane so um listen i wasn't high on him coming out of 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 oregon and he's proved me wrong he's actually looks very good the deep ball that he throws is absolutely sex in the air. It's a beautiful deep ball. It is. The Raiders are cool, too. They're a fun team to watch. They're five and three. They're very electric. They can maybe knock out someone in the early rounds, maybe make a late playoff push. Um, Derek Carr has proved me wrong. Have proved me wrong that I thought he was horrible this entire season. And John Gruden's built something there that I really like. So shout out the Raiders, shout out the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate what has happened with um, LA, but. The future is really bright yeah. for them over there. I'm not really concerned with them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The Raiders are an electric team to watch. They just continue to get cucked by their schedule. Um, but five and three at the halfway point with the schedule that they've had so far is an, um, an amazing win to be in a playoff position right now, probably. I, I don't know if that's a fact or not, but five and three with three wild card teams this year, I think they are in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out them. That's awesome. Um I think Justin Herbert has been the best rookie out of anyone, especially the best rookie quarterback. Uh, I love, as everyone knows, I love Joe Burrow, and I think Tua <laughs> has a lot of promise. But I just think that Justin Herbert has really, like there were so many doubts, so much criticism going into it. And like you said, he throws the best deep ball out of any rookie quarterback, probably out of a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, And he just looks the part. Like yeah. he went in there and he just started slinging. And, you know, he makes plays with his legs. He number. he relatively holds – he protects the ball well. Um, the future is definitely bright. I think we're looking at the offensive rookie of the year for sure in Justin Herbert. Yes, sir. I, I, I really – yeah, I, I'm so fond of him. Like, 
in a football way. <laughs> like no, the, no, in both ways. In both ways. The fact I know that, how you like those blonde dudes with the long hair. Hey. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, shout out to him because he proved me wrong. Um, speaking of rookie quarterbacks, we got Dolphins Chargers 34-31 Dolphins. Again, proving me wrong. I thought Tua was going to have a shitty game. I thought the Cardinals were the easy lock for this. And I thought Tua was just not it, and he proved me wrong. He actually had a phenomenal game. Miami's won four straight games for the first time since 2016. Shout out them, five and three on the year. They actually are winning. Um, the Cardinals, it, five and three uh, also, but what yeah. were you saying? I was literally the only thing I was going to say was, is it weird that I kind of like the fact that the Dolphins are five and three? Yeah, I'm kind of hype about that. Like, I, I think that that's awesome to see. I think it's because so we're just, two we, teams we've that- just been in a, in a division that has been so dominated over the past two decades that it's like any literally I will take any other division champion than the Patriots. Like I wouldn't care if it's the bills, the jets, obviously I'd love it to be the jets, but that didn't happen for another like 50 years. Um, I won't no, happen ever. I, yeah, probably not. You're right. We'll both be dead and buried by, by that time. But um, no, I, I I'm excited for Miami. Brian Flores is an early candidate for coach of the year in the AFC, I think. Well, um, we've been high on for a while. And the Cardinals, this is another, like, I don't want to say it's a bad loss considering that Miami is now five and three, but like you look at the talent differential and they like, should, they should have won a lot of games. The, the Arizona Cardinals should have won this game. They should have won the game. I think they lost to the Panthers too, right? Yes. Like there's a couple of games that it's cause for concern, but at the end of the day, I think that they will be in a playoff position. They're not going to make much noise, but you know, Kyler is Kyler. He he will next year top ten. Yeah, that's why I'm not too uh, like I don't feel bad for him because I didn't think this was their year anyway. So I'm happy that they're playing well, but I'm yeah. I'm not really sad that they're losing because um, I don't think this is it for them. You know, I think in the next couple of years is when we'll see the ceiling going will continue up. to get higher. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, but that's how I feel about the Cardinals. To any doubt that to a left in my mind. I know this is really early to say, but any doubt that he left after the first game where he didn't really feature that much, they kind of protected him. We're going to see that same game plan throughout the entire year because of the hip injury and everything like that. He's going to be protected. He's not going to throw He's going to make a lot of safe throws. They're not going to ask. Him. I don't think he threw one deep ball this entire game. Um, I think he, he made like a 30 yard completion. That's pretty much it. They're not going to ask him to do too much. And I think that's perfect. It's a perfect way to ease him into the lifestyle of the NFL. It's a perfect way to ease him into an offense. I just love everything that's coming out of Brian Flores' Miami Dolphins. Doing a good job. Doing a great job. Yeah. You're right. Um, Steelers, Cowboys, this was the 425 game. Um, actually, actually turned out to be a pretty good yeah, game. It, that's a, it was funny about it because everyone thought it was going to be a blowout. But Pittsburgh started off 8-0 for the first time in franchise history, which is interesting considering they have six Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Um, Cowboys look better than they've been looking. It was a really close game. Steelers just pulled it out um, literally by, like at the very end. It was an insane. Eric Ebron had a sick touchdown at I the know, end. I he jumped him. over. So hyped. Yeah, that was dope. And um, Ben was hurt. He came back into the game. I'm trying to think with Dallas. Uh, CeeDee Lamb played actually pretty yeah. decent too. Who Garrett, I was... Shout out Gary Gilbert. He played pretty well too. Yes, he looked a lot better than Ben DiNucci. <laughs> Listen, you don't talk about my goat like that, all right? Yeah, Ben DiNucci obviously wasn't the answer, but – uh, Dallas looked better. Uh, Steelers are eight now. What do you make of it? I, there's really not much to make of it. I mean, at the end of the day, like I actually, um, my well, friend Zach was talking to me on Twitter about it, saying like, "Oh, like 
you know, cause Skip Bayless, my, my arch enemy, Skip Bayless. Uh, there's two people I, I dislike very strongly in this world. It's Jimmy Garoppolo and it's Skip Bayless, <laughs> but, um, and Ben DiNucci. No, I, I love, I, that's my goat. But, um, no, Skip Bayless was saying, oh, like the Cowboys deserve to win the oh, game. Kind that's of stuff. a point. Big crying and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe if you look at the, the game as a whole, they did deserve to win the game. Maybe. Or maybe it's just that Pittsburgh played. I don't really think they deserve to win the game, to be honest with you. I think Pittsburgh played that piss poor, to be quite honest with you. On the defense side of the ball, they played pretty well. Offensively, I didn't see much from Big Ben at all. I saw a lot of crossing routes. And a lot of short passes. So I don't know what was going on. I think I think that injury really hurt Ben because, awesome. because like all they were throwing was crossing routes. Like if you literally look, I think Chase Claypool had like eight catches for like 60 yards. And it's the same thing with Deontay Johnson, except for like one catch he had that went for 40 yards. But it was literally a crossing route that he broke through contain. So I don't know what was going on. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give the Steelers a pass because they've looked so good against so many good teams so far. They were due for um, that. And this is actually going back to my point before saying that literally any given Sunday, bro, that's why I literally think the Jets will not go 0-16 because the Jets will run into a team that does not play like themselves, and they will beat someone. It's the same thing like today. For the longest time, I thought D- Dallas was going to beat the Steelers, and at the end of the day, they didn't, but they proved that they, if they played a little bit better, they absolutely could have beat them, so – um, I'll give a pass to the Steelers. They're eight. No shout out them. First time in franchise history. That's an amazing accomplishment. And honestly, if you asked me at the beginning of the year, who would be eight? No, out of any team in the NFL, I would say the Kansas city chiefs. I would not say the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a bit of a surprise, but they're playing well. Mike Tomlin always has his boys ready to go. He's one of the best coaches in, in the NFL, probably even in NFL history. I'll throw him in the top 50, um, you know, but a lot of good things still come from Pittsburgh. Defense looked awesome. Um, Cowboys are just a mess. I mean, Mike McCarthy's going to be gone after this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I You can't keep Mike McCarthy after the year that they've had. Injuries or not, they were still playing like crap even when Dak was 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 playing. Yeah. I, my only last comment about this is the, the refs did kind of fuck the Cowboys like several times. It was literally like they were looking for flags to throw when they wouldn't convert on third or fourth down. That's but, fine. Let's get Bayless cry. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, next one, uh, Saints Bucks. Okay. I hope everyone knows I was kidding. That that wasn't. I'm as, as serious as that <laughs> sounded. Like I just don't like Skip Bayless. Yeah, that I, much. I, no, I'm cool on that too. Cause like I can't stand Cowboy fans anyway. So I'm just like whatever. But uh, Saints Saints Bucks. I bet the Ooh. minus three bucks. The Bucks only scored three. This might have been. It <laughs> they the scored f- zero <laughs> in your book. Yeah. This might be. Tom Brady's worst game in his career, in my opinion, that, that I've seen shit. at least. Okay, three interceptions for the first time since 2011. Um, Antonio Brown really made a difference in this game. No, no, no. I'm be honest with you. Shout out AB, first of all. Okay, call God. I think Antonio Brown looks solid when another he got fan, the ball another, and he had two receptions. Uh, another fan of the show. Shout out AB, big fan of the show. He's DM'd us before. He's explained his concerns with the video that we made about him. Long story short. <laughs> shout out a series of unfortunate events. Yes. Shout out Lemony Snicket. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yo. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. If someone told me, like, that Drew Brees was going to do this, I would have ran to Atlantic City. I would have went to the Borgata. I would have sold the MacBook that I'm recording this on. <laughs> I would have took the PS4 that's in here. 
I would have sold my iPhone. I would have sold my dog. And I would have threw the house on the Saints. The fact that this game was it was over within the first five minutes, like literally. Yeah, it really was. And if Jared Cook didn't drop a pass and fumble in the first two quarters, the Saints would have scored at least 50. Like <laughs> I know. There's really not even much to take from this game. I honestly they got like, fucked by them twice, though, because the first I think week one they lost to him yeah, too. It was did, close this is what I said. Well, shout out Chris McNeil, bro. I, I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. But um Shout out Chris McNeil when we were talking about it when I said we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly of Tom Brady so far this year. Like we've and I'll even expand it to the point where we've seen the great Tom Brady, the good, the bad, the ugly. And this was just downright pitiful. This was terrible. Like this was this was this was 42 year old Tom Brady or 43 or 44 or 50, however old he is. It's funny because I went into this game thinking like, oh, they got kind of beat by the Giants a little bit. They barely won that. Like, they're going to come out hot this week. They're home. But now I'm starting to think, like, Yikes. maybe they're not that good. But maybe they are. I don't know. I think AB is going to be a problem. Not in the locker yeah. room. I said this to someone before. I don't think he actually did an interview with NBC. They brought it up. I don't know if you watched. And he actually sounded like no. Nah, like I turned the game again. off after the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually happy for him, though, because he sounded like he like sounded yeah. better mentally. And. The reason I don't think he's gonna be a problem in the locker room. I, no, think I don't think so either. I think he's gonna keep that, his mouth shut. Yeah, he kind of has to like earn a contract next year too. But yeah. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, who actually sucks, but he's there. And then for Net, you got Ronald Jones, just to name a few. Uh, he loves the white receivers, like Scotty Miller, there's Justin ma- Watson. Even yo, even some of those other dudes on the team are good too. But they just have like endless weapons. I don't know, dude. Like. That's, you know what? I just think we it's said, gonna mess up, mess it up. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's no spot for AB right yeah. now. He's we said good. getting into the team as a whole. We said that. Um, we said that we didn't know how good Tampa was going to be after Week One, and then they have played great since then. So I feel like the Saints kind of just like keep them in check because the Saints handed them their ass in Week yeah, One. But I'm confused. And then, like I don't know, I don't know what to. I'm confused too, dude. I don't know what the, the hell to believe with this team, but or the Saints either, though, because they're that's what I'm saying. The Saints, nah, the Saints have played pretty consistent since they lost yeah, since to the we, Raiders. Yeah, I agree, but yeah. before that, everyone was saying Drew Brees is throwing meatballs to the. He defense. is throwing meatballs. <laughs> he still is. Like, so how are they winning like this? Because they're getting that? some of their weapons back, dude. Now they had Mike Thomas back today. It wasn't they, even an impact getting, though. Like, like yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Look, he led the team with catches with five. They're just spreading the ball around. They have too oh, many yeah, weapons. Speak, they spreading this, the ball around. They had that is true. This is how you're a football guru. Peter probably didn't even watch the game and knew this, but I told you I should. I'm pretty sure they the reached. <laughs> it was like 11 receivers in yeah. the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know some shit like that. But that's when you got a guy game. named Adam Troutman catching a pat like a touchdown, <laughs> like that's when you know. Bro, I was so discouraged because like I was like, all right, it's only seven nothing. They'll come back. Oh, it's only 14 nothing. They'll come back. Oh, it's only 21 nothing. It's Brady. That's why I, t- I texted you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Peter knows when I bet on a team because we'll talk about the games live and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm like, it'll be a complete blowout and I'll be like, oh no, it's still a game. <laughs> yeah, just like just like when I was like, damn, the Seattle Seahawks are really going to or screw us this week. And there was like four minutes left and they were down by three touchdowns. You're like, nah, bro, there's still time. I'm like, no, there's not. There's no time. <laughs> yeah, when you encourage me though, you'll be like, let of Russ course I'm encur- of, co- of course I'm going to encourage you. It's hilarious. But no, but oh, the last point I want to make, I don't even want to make a point about this game. 
What was the last time, bro, that we had a week in the NFL that had Des Bryant and Antonio uh, Brown oh, on yeah. football fields? Yo, I think that's awesome. <laughs> throw up the X, baby. I don't even think he had a single target today, but throw it up. I like how he posted a picture victory, victory Monday tomorrow for Des. We can't even win a game, bro. Yeah, he was handing out freaking popcorn at the concession stand. He wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Shout out Des Bryant, maybe. Listen, I really hope AB is like has a phenomenal year. I for some reason I fuck with him a lot. Ever since he called that police officer a fish mole, I fuck <laughs> I fuck with Antonio Brown. But yo, good week of football. Tomorrow night, spoiler alert, we will do a Brianna's highlights also for the Monday night game just because it's our favorite team that we love to shit on. I can't wait until they lose 41 to three. It's going to be Patriots jets at MetLife tankathon Belichick <laughs> last chance of proving himself. I don't know. I'm already beat talking about it, but Joe Flacco gets the start. Joe skinny gets the start. I love it. Adam jo- Gase gets the seat in the booth. You told me 10 years ago that uh, the battery mates would be freaking Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. I'd say that you were crazy. 2020. Frank Gore is going to die. Like, God, they're both going to die on the field. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco looks like Bojangles. He has no (laughs) muscle mass whatsoever. You know how it's once he's dead. You know how, uh, like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I can't even say this, bro. Like, this team is such a joke. Like, Oh my god, bro. I cannot wait to watch this game tomorrow. Who is Look, Joe Flacco throwing to tomorrow? I, I don't let's not even think about that. Let's Scotty just Miller's I'm, brother Braxton Berrios. <laughs> yo, Braxton Berrios. Yo, those are the two dude. Yo, those are the two frat boy names, bro. Scotty Miller and, and Brax, Braxton no, Berrios. Braxton Berrios is so j- brolic for no reason. <laughs> dude, dude sucks, catches like <laughs> Yo, last last week I was listening to the the game on the radio on my way home from work, and Marty Lyons was like, "And you know how he like speaks, and he's like seeing butterflies like halfway through the game. He doesn't even know what's going on." Um, God bless him and Bob Wishusen, but um, he literally goes, "And there's Braxton Berrios's fifth catch for 17 yards." I was like. 17 <laughs> yards on no, five because I catches. Got, you know what's funny? You can listen and to it the was radio. a 12 yard gain. <laughs> You know what's funny? You as a fan of this team, you already know what they did. They lined him up wide receiver screen, no blocks, <laughs> just let him go. <laughs> Yo, that's exactly what this team did. That is literally exactly what it did. Oh, oh my, my god, god man. bro! Shout out the Jets. This game is oh. gonna be comedy. I can't wait. They should broadcast this shit on Comedy Central. Belichick just wants to lose, but they'll still win. I'm literally really oh. glad that you kind of like that. We kind of like plugged. Brutally honest highlights for tomorrow because oh, I, I just think picture. that it's going to be hysterical. But um, just to kind of wrap up the recap here, this was our favorite. This is our favorite time of the week. But we're just going to take a short break, right, right, quick, right now, and we are going to come back with the week ten three two one TTL picks. So uh, don't go anywhere. All right, we are back. If you guys are still here. Follow us on Instagram at TTL Sports WW. My God, threw in the quick plug. Yes, at Twitter. Uh, no, no, on Twitter at Take This L Sport One, YouTube at Take This L Sports. We are now on TikTok at TTL Sports and 20 plus streaming platforms, thanks to the beautiful co host himself. Peter, I don't know what time it is in this podcast, but we haven't even done the keyword in there yet. So why don't we just drop it right now? 
No. Okay, then keep listening. Joke's on you. We are getting it. <laughs> you know why I didn't drop the keyword? Because Matthew was sexy. There you go, right there. You didn't think we were going to drop it, but we did. Screenshot that time, send it to at You thought that Peter forgot because he absolutely did until Matthew just said something right now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that too, to be honest <laughs> with you. But screenshot this time right now and then say Matthew is sexy at TTL Sports WW in the Instagram DMs, and we will take your parlay. Peter will place it. I'll double down and place it with you. $50 parlay. Send it over. Let's, Let's get go. into the three, uh, yeah, the three, two, one picks of the week. Brought to you by 321 TTL Sports, the greatest 321 company in the world. Say 321 one more time. 321. I'm starting Let's off with a one point play. Let's get it. Um, this one should be easy. I don't know if we have the same pick here, but it's just because the only lock that I could find Lambeau Field, Green Bay Packers. They are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. There is absolutely no way in hell that the Packers lose this game. That is my one point play. The Packers will are home. Okay. They're not losing at home again after the loss of the Vikings, and they're playing the worst team in football. Yeah, I well, said it. The I actually, second worst team in no, football. No, I think they're the worst team in football. Okay. Okay. Well, who's the, I was going to say something else, but forget it. <laughs> Jacksonville sucks. Green Bay's the, the lock. Pick them if you want to throw your house on it to win like 10 cents back. But regardless, yeah, the right. Packers win. <laughs> I would I would take them with the spread. I don't know what it is right now. Uh, yeah, we're only going spreads with this because we like to spread. So yes, I would. A. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's my play. Yeah, my one point, I'm going with another. Well, I mean, obviously, it's going with a lock, but this is just this. I just I went to the to the web page and I was like, yep, this is it right here. First game I looked at the Saints are going to absolutely hammer the 49ers at 425 on Sunday. That's that is fun. my one point lock right there. Drew Brees is going to be throwing seven foot screen passes to Alvin Kamara, and he's just going to take him all the way to the house. Ninety seven yards every time. And big dick Nick Mullins is going to have nothing to say about it because he's going to have Rick James to throw to on the sideline over there. But no, uh, without a doubt, the Saints are going to take this game because, I mean, look at what my lock last week did to the 49ers. So I might as well just double down and take the Saints and rub salt into the wounds of the 49ers. Beautiful analysis right there. As we get into our two-point plays, I have a little bit of a surprise for you here. I think I have a surprise for you, too. I'm taking the New York Giants at home versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, I love it. <laughs> and I, I think, love it. I think they're riding high after the win against Washington. I think that they, they could have beat Philly when they played them at home. And this is a divisional game because the Cowboys have three wins. If I Yeah, they're on a bye, so the winner is in first place, essentially. And I think the, uh, them being at home makes it three times more interesting. Daniel Jones played a very good game, like you mentioned last week. So I have a two-point play. Giants winning. I'd say they'd be the slight under. Um, they'd probably be a little bit of an underdog. It'll, it'll be very close because of the divisional game. I'd take them at the spread. I'd take them outright. I'd like the Giants at home. I like that two point play, but I think you're going to like mine maybe just as much. You say we have a almost prime time, I would say, rookie quarterback matchup over here between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers and Mr. Tua Tagovailoa is going to beat Mr. Justin Herbert. I'm taking Miami over LA with my two point play. I like that a lot. That's going to be a shootout. I feel like. That's, but I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I would take Los no, Angeles in that no, game. No, no. You know why? Because the last That's five times I've taken the Chargers this, <laughs> yeah, this year, they, this they have lost. I, I, you know what? I hope they prove me wrong. But now I just feel like the Dolphins have way better of a defense than the, than the Chargers. 
Um, I mean, as you see today, I mean, like they still gave up 30. I think they gave up 31 points, but DeAndre Hopkins was held to minimal targets and minimal yards. So if you take Keenan Allen away from Justin Herbert, really, what does he have, especially if Mike Williams isn't playing? But um, I really like the game plan that Miami has for Tua, and I think they're going to protect him and he's going to protect the football and that's really the key to winning is not turning the ball over and justin herbert is going to try and do a little bit too much i feel like especially since there's going to be a little uh you know a little competition between the two rookie quarterbacks i feel like so uh, i feel like Tua will come out on top because you know we've i've bet against Tua twice so far and i've lost both times so you might as well go for him and i've bet for justin herbert about five times and he's lost all five times so you know why not? But I just really like that. I think I, every game this upcoming week looks really good. Yeah, there's a that one really stands out to me for my two points. So Dolphins over the Chargers for my two point play. All right, last one, main event time. Let's get it. I already spoiled it earlier to Peter, but you don't know. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. The eight and zero Steelers are home playing the two and five Bengals. I got Peter's favorite B D J, big. Cock Joe is going to sling for 500 yards, seven touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, 10 total on the floor. And no, they're going to absolutely win. But I got the Bengals. I would take them on the spread. I think they upset them. But I'm going to tell you why. This is the win that Joe Burrow gets to prove everyone that he's the real deal. And the Steelers are going to lose. Okay, they're not winning nine straight. I, I like the numbers that the Steelers are due for a loss. They almost choked it last week. They can't play this poorly again. They will get upset this week by the Bengals. I really believe that. Three-point play. I, I like that a lot. I, I think really do. I think it hits. I think mine hits, too. I can't wait for this I don't one. I where you're going to go I with can't it. I am going to. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, my I'm one so point? excited. No, I'm so excited. The Carolina Panthers are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love that play. I love that play. I love it. The Carolina Panthers, led by Matt Rule and his short, stumpy ass, are going to go right into Tampa Bay and destroy destroy Bruce Arians and his bald, stumpy ass. But I don't know. Does every coach have a stumpy ass? They're both stumpy. What do you expect? But um, no, no like Carolina has so many good things going for them. And honestly, this play would scare the crap out of me two weeks ago. But if you look at what the Giants did to the Buccaneers, the Panthers can easily home. do more. They are home. I'll give you that. And one thing that I'll add on that play that I really like. No, no, no. This is the one thing that I don't like about that play is that the Bucs can like this. It's going to be close. Like the Bucs cannot lose this game. So, well, yeah, it was going to be close tonight, too. And look what happened. So, <laughs> I think Joe Brady's the real Brady on the field next Sunday. And the Carolina Panthers will prevail. But I'd love that pick, Peter. That's a, that's, oh, that's a Thank play. You, I appreciate that. So, basically, that. if you have any gambling addiction, you call up 1 800 gambling addiction. I think that's the phone number. All right, um, so I'm getting on the phone with them right now. <laughs> don't um don't take any of our picks if you don't want to lose any money. But for real, if you want to win some money, take all of our picks. If that you want to lose advice. all of your money, take all of our picks. If you want to lose all your money, bet bet MGM Casino. Jets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shout out our three, two, one plays of the week, week ten predictions. Um, As you know, all that. yes. 
as you know, we love talking football over here at TTL, but there is a couple of things that are just a little bit pressing on our other favorite sports side. Mm, that's what I was going to say. We're switching over to uh, baseball now. We're done with the football tonight. We get the hell off of my screen. We are just not you, Matt. In a little bit, you get off my screen, but not Thank now. Um, no, get football, get the hell out of here. We are moving over to baseball. Um, something that I think was interesting where the Boston Red Sox had their managerial um, candidacy down to uh, rehiring Alex Cora or Sam Fold, which do you remember Sam Fold as a player? No. Sam Fold was the short, speedy center fielder on the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't remember. I think he played for the Yankees for like a hot second too, but um, Sam Fold has, I've heard nothing but good things coming from the minor leagues about him being a coach and everything like that. He's like the next great coach, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, the Red Sox rehired Alex Cora, which is just like the ultimate demon move in my opinion. Like I'd feel like the Red Sox obviously had to make that choice. Like who hate, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I feel, Feel like the that was next most Red hated Sox person move in the history of Red Sox history, and yeah, I'm... literally the okay. Well, that's a lot of history, <laughs> but uh, no, that that was I think the a demon move would be the best way to describe this acquisition. I mean, they didn't have to do it, and they did it. That was I mean, that's really I think in terms of is it going to be good for them? Yes, he he, that's his team. Uh, you disagree. The only reason I disagree, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm disagreeing with the hire because this is not the same team that Alex Cora managed. There's a lot of pieces that are gone. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget Mookie Betts is gone. Yeah, That's a pretty big piece of the team. Um, You know what I'm saying? They have absolutely no pitching whatsoever. Like literally no pitching whatsoever. Like where's Matty Miller when you need him? Because you got to throw him out there for the Boston Red Sox. But um, (laughs) shout out Matty Miller. But. Um, honestly, I don't think it's good because I I feel bad for, if we're going back to like last year, I feel bad for Ron Renneke because he literally got hired knowing that he was going to get fired regard, but I'm pretty sure that Boston could have won the world series and he still would have gotten fired. Um, and I think this was the plan all along. Honestly, they were just entertaining other ideas just purely for media. Uh, I think they knew all along. I literally think that. They were like, yo, we're going to fire you because of your suspension. But as soon as your suspension is up, we're going to rehire you. So I don't think that I think that this was premeditated and there was no doubt in the Red Sox front office's mind that Alex Cora was their guy going forward. I just don't like it because I think he's not a great manager. And I think that the talent that he had in Boston masked a lot of his flaws, kind of the same way that Dave Roberts has talent in in L.A., and I don't think Dave, we both don't think Dave Roberts is a good manager at yeah. all. And um, I just think it's the same thing with the Red Sox and Alex Cora. I just, I, it doesn't excite me. I mean, nothing about the Red Sox will ever excite me, mm-hmm. but. Especially um, Jacoby Ellsbury. Listen, Jacoby Ellsbury has the best swing in MLB The Show 20. Fight me on that. But um, still in my Diamond Dynasty, Diamond Dynasty team. But um, no, nah, I just don't like it. I don't like it because. You know, obviously they're going towards a rebuild. And wouldn't you, uh, personally, a rebuild, you want younger players, you want younger, smarter, more analytical-driven players. You go with the younger analytical manager. I think Sam Fold was the right hire just because that, that, that's what you want to take your direction. Alice Cora brings kind of like an old-school type, type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. 
I just feel like the Red Sox are counteracting every move that they've made so far. You know what I mean? They're like, like justifying it with other. Well, I don't know. I think it's weird. I hear you. He hasn't really proven himself as a manager, especially when they win the World Series, because I was, I would say, the majority of the the talent that he had around him, similar to Dave Roberts now. Yeah. But I think for them, it was the most Red Sox thing to do. They want to be the the the, the anti heroes, and they feel, clearly feel comfortable with him with the new way baseball is going with analytics. So. I mean, they need to improve their roster if they want to start winning games. That's why I don't think it's a really big deal that they got him. It doesn't really like time. I mean, I saw Red Sox fans happy about it, but I mean, he's not going to win you guys any more games. You got to blow up the roster and figure something out. That's what I'm saying. That's really the only reason why I didn't like it is because if you're going to blow up the roster, why wouldn't you bring someone up that could learn and mature with the players around him and build a Wow. I was going to say learn and mature and build a rapport. I'm spitting out all the haikus lately, but um, yeah, I just, I don't like it because it kind of seems like they made an, a commitment to Alex Cora when he got fired. It was like, don't worry, we're definitely going to bring you back. And I yeah, like it does just, make them look like scumbags. It does. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just a day in the life, whatever. I mean, we're just going to go on. The Yankees are going to cook the Red Sox as usual, but I, you know what? I don't even want to talk about my favorite New York team. I want to talk about the new evil empire that's in Yeah, town. I'm actually so hyped to talk about this. I didn't really care about Cora, to be honest with you. We had to mention it. But, like, this is what's really been going on in baseball. And it's awesome. Because, listen, I'm a Yankee, diehard Yankee fan. Peter's a diehard Yankee fan. But I think I could speak for both of us and say that this is actually really exciting. I'm happy for them because, as a Jeff fan, I know they've the Mets have endured so much suffering over the last years. And they've basically tasted what it's like to win just like the Jets have in the AFC championship. They went to the world series, lost to Kansas city. So um, shout out Mets fans, shout out the Mets. Steve Cohen recently just purchased the New York Mets. Do you have an exact number for me? I don't, it was like something point two point three. I think it was two point, I think it was 2.6 at the Whatever. end. Whatever. Right? Something billion dollars. Yeah. He's got a hundred trillion dollars. Yeah, in his bank. It account. really it doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter to him. He literally is trying to buy SNY for another 1.1 billion. It's like, he's playing with monopoly money here. While I'm losing money on the can lose parlay every single week, I don't understand. Steve Cohen needs to hedge fund and give me some money um, or something. But regardless, shout out Steve Cohen because this is everything the New York Mets needed. Yeah. I think the first thing he should do that would win all the fans over, which I said previously on the podcast, is to buy out um, what's his name's contract. Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The dude who they owe money over the course of the next like oh Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla's contract because of the whole Bernie Madoff thing. They gotta, he's gotta get rid of that, and then he's gotta start investing. Peter said it two weeks ago that he called JT Ramudo was gonna get overpaid the fuck out of in New York, which is probably gonna happen. I love it though. I love it. I Shout love the it. Mets. They're finally gonna it. be big spenders. They have yeah. a New York market. They have a dude who's willing to spend yeah. his own bread on players. And don't They're forget, good. he's been a lifelong Met fan too. So you know that he's gonna pay oh. whatever it needs. He doesn't care, dude. Fuck De Blasio. This is yeah. This is not a losing proposition for him. He does not care. He will spend millions upon millions upon billions of dollars on this team want. because he has his money. He just get bro. He could spend a billion dollars in the offseason after just buying the team for almost three billion dollars, probably buying SNY, probably buying Bill de Blasio, buying the Empire State Building, and he'll still have more money than any owner in baseball. This man does not care. It is so exciting. And you know what, Matt? I'm gonna offer a little challenge to Steve Cohen right here. Listen, hop on details boards. You say you won't. 
No, but that's not, that's literally, I mean, that would be amazing, but that's not what I'm, uh, that's not what I'm about to say. Okay. You just arguably, arguably paid the most for a franchise ever in any sport. That's because yeah. of the market though, but yes. But no, well, I'm, I'm just like stating the facts, but yeah, no, yeah. it definitely is. They're, they're definitely not worth that money as a team. Um, <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're a big spender. You came in big shot. I don't care about money. This is my to-do list for you, Matt. Your your head is gonna pop off when you hear. I'm this. ready. I'm ready. Number one, sign JT Real Muto. Hold up, I got one. No, trade, shut up. Trade Just listen to me real quick. All right, all right, go ahead. Go shut ahead. up. <laughs> go ahead. You could add anything that I missed that you wanted. This is straight up like, like we are the GM on MLB the Show, and we're just we're <laughs> we're blowing everything up. Right, sign right. JT Real Muto. Trade for Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Sign George Springer, and sign Trevor Bauer. And you have my respect as a new owner. That's a lot of big names. I don't care. You got the money. Listen, bro, he's the only man that has not been affected in the baseball realm by the pandemic. He's coming in with big dick swing straight up cash. He's coming in with big dick swinging cash. That's literally what he's coming in with. Prove it. Show me. Maybe the Francisco Lindor thing is a little like I actually egregious that's, only because. No, that's not. They came out with a report today that said that the Indians would rather trade him to the Mets. I swear to you, that is a. I'll give you the name of who, like a, a trustworthy source, tweeted that. But you, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I just think that you got to come out of the gate swinging, and he's got the owners are scared, and they have they they should be because. This is the new rich team in town, Matt. I agree. The Steinbrenners aren't as rich as we think. I mean, granted, they are probably some of the best owners anyone has ever seen in any sport. But no, in we- terms of being outbid, no one can outbid Steve Cohen in the Mets. No one. I agree. It's, it, I'm not worried about it as a Yankee fan. I'm happy as a – Yeah, we're good the way that we are for now. Exactly. Shout out the Mets. I'm really happy for them. I really am. I want to mention one thing about New York sports before we end this episode. Um, I said this before to Peter. I just wanted to mention it, but I think there's a good transition. Um, New York radio to me, obviously to Peter, he loves Michael K. Um, I think has been a big part in, uh, I, I'd say, I don't want to say inspiration because it, it, it wasn't really, our, I'd say our inspiration. Oh, I love Michael K. So I would say, no, but I would say our inspiration was kind of just like, you and me coming together and being like, let's do it. But like, as in terms of people who I've listened to growing up, I would definitely mark him down as one of the five people in radio who I love. Um, Craig Carton from Boomer and Carton, people that aren't from New York that listen to our show may not be familiar with him because even though he had the number one sports radio show in New York, I did a lot of research for some reason and he's not very known like outside of the state of New York, but he is back. He had a big uh, gambling hedge fund scandal that went on. He went down a really weird path um, after having the number one sports radio show in the morning, but he finally got out of federal prison and he is now getting his own show back on WFAN. So shout out him. I wanted to mention, because in terms of me, he's one of the, I would say he's one of the, he's him, Francesa, like Boomer Sison, Michael K. Um, in terms of New York sports radio, probably one of the greatest to do it he would constantly people would hate him because he was such a loud mouth but that's what brought him the ratings he was like mm-hmm. the first to really do it so i am happy that we here at ttl love a good comeback story you know like i'm happy yes, that he's absolutely back he's on the right path um yeah i i am glad because like you said before 
you listen to him all the time growing up. I listened to him on my way to school probably almost every day. When he when they were in their prime too, Peter, think about that. Jeremy Lin's on the Knicks. The Rangers are going to the Stanley Cup. Like New York sports is on a tilt. Like Yeah. It was crazy. They were they were at their their peak popularity, obviously, with the success of New York sports and everything like that. But um I think that it's it's awesome. You know, he gets a lot of hate and everything like that, but you know, he's quietly, you know, transformed his life. And I think everyone always deserves a second chance. And if this is Craig's second chance, then, you know, he absolutely deserves it. And you know what? He's got the pedigree, you know, and he's got the respect in the industry. Like this isn't just like a ploy by ESPN radio. Like this man has the credentials, you know, he's going to come with the gas. Like <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good for everyone that's involved. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Shout out Craig Carn, shout out WFAN. Give us a podcast platform and we can talk business too. Yeah, seriously, not for nothing. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it right now. There are two guys that I listen to on my way home from work past 12 o'clock at night. Ian Fitzsimmons and Freddie Coleman. Freddie and Fitzsimmons. We could do a better job, dude. I'm telling you. No idea what you were gonna say. Like I, I there's a lot of other things that I'd rather say, but I think we could do a better job because these guys just suck. Ian Fitzsimmons has no idea what he's talking about on the radio. Shout out, shout out, Ian Fitzsimmons. I don't know who you are. Yeah, no, we're better than you. That's all I wanted to say, literally, just because to add to what you just said, you know, give us a radio show. But getting on on a more serious note, see, that's why I um, respect Craig Carn because I don't think I'm better than him, but I think these other dudes were better than. That's right. Smoke them. Especially but, Mike Francesa. Yeah. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> um, getting on a more serious note, uh, if you guys, I don't know if you've got no, noticed, but we've noticed that uh, it's been kind of barren um, content wise from us from the past week, week and a half or so, you know, uh, things come up, life comes in the way. Like, you know, we try to get as much content as we physically can out there. You know, Matt is a student. I have a job that I feel like I live at. You know what I mean? Like uh, a lot of stuff gets in the way, but it's no excuse. We're going to be coming with you with a lot of fire. We're going to try as hard as we can to get more content out to you. Um, so we apologize if you guys have noticed that, you know, it's there's been a downtick in posting, but, you know, just be ready because we always got something up our sleeve. Just know that. I couldn't have said it better myself. This was episode 27. I'm going to give a quick plug like my life depends on according to the list that Peter cooked up. <clears throat> God, I love you. At TTL Sports WW is right, the Instagram. <laughs> at Take This L Sport 1 is the Twitter. Take This L Sports is the YouTube. And at TTL Sports is the TikTok. Listen to us on every single streaming platform. Name it. Throw them out there. I can't even. There's so many. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts podcasts anything podcasts yeah that is one right i was trying to think of the name of it but podcorn Pornhub. you could <laughs> <laughs> you could listen to us on anything you i was want. literally just gonna, well, before you said Pornhub. i was literally just about to say that you could let you could search us up on anything and you we will pop up browsers oh there's no excuse browsers uh new biles any of those i don't know XNXS. I don't know. We can go on and on all day. It's been a little lonely over here on this side, but I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm only out. kidding, but you know. Shout out um, Pornhub. You guys want to give us a sponsorship? We'll do it. Why don't you finish the plug before we? Uh, <laughs> you would get. I would get sponsored by Pornhub. That'd oh be- hell yeah! You already know I would, but. <laughs> shout out, uh, uh, no Johnny Sins. No shout out Johnny Sins and Big Dick Nick Mullins because. <laughs> no, but listen. If you're not doing anything else with your life, listen to us because it's the only thing that you should be doing with your life. That is it. I am out of here. I will let my beautiful co-host hit us with the end. Honestly, I don't know what the timestamp was on that last 45 seconds, but you could totally skip over that whole Pornhub conversation. But um, listen, until episode 28 comes out, I'm Peter Andrasani. That beautiful, gorgeous man that's not even looking at me right now that's looking at his phone. He is Matthew Garber. And until next time, we are better than Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Grrrah.